Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, and radio network. What do we have in store for you on this edition of the program? The Golden Hour for Todd Golden as Florida basketball for the last four years. Eh, eh, made the tournament three years ago. Not really a threat to do much other than one and done, really, when you get right down to it, for the better part of the last six or seven years. The team that he has right now has a sweet 16 pedigree. They do. They're the best rebounding team that's been in Gainesville for a decade. And looking at it, why this week is a gigantic week for Todd Golden in terms of he could be SEC Coach of the Year, which is great news for Gator fans until you find out what's going on in the West Coast. Going to look at this with Todd Golden. Also, this is great. Steve Sarkeesian, Texas, ponying up the cash, paying him $10 million plus a year, uh, becomes the second highest paid coach in the SEC behind Kirby Smart. And for the longest time, there's this arrogance, this bravado that the SEC had, like, good luck, Texas, good luck, Texas. Uh, Texas danced on Alabama's lawn, beat them by double digits this year, went on to win their conference, lost the college football playoff, but they're the big dog in this conference. Almost. There's another dog that's in front of them, but Texas is the sheriff in this conference. Now this sec, we, we, we're better than you. You better park that. I'm gonna explain to you why Texas is now the cream of the crop when it comes to the Southeastern conference and they haven't even played it down and something else that took place this weekend into Monday, the Daytona 500. And it's kind of a sad list. I'm calling it the falling stars over the last 35, 40 years. This event just 20 years ago was monstrous. I can't think of anything in sport that's fallen more in the last two decades than the Daytona 500. It's a shame. Stars aren't there anymore. Big names aren't there anymore. It's not. You wondered when the baton was passed from the Earnhardts and the Labonis and the Trickles to <laughs> the Wallaces to the next generation that was what? The Jimmy Johnsons, the Stewarts, the Dale Juniors. There was no, the Jeff Gordons. There was no other baton. There was no next group. Cole Edwards concussed himself out of the sport. It, it's a shame. But there, even though that's really fallen, there's four other sports that I think have fallen more. So we'll look at that as well. Again, Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports Twitter, at Harp on Sports Instagram, Harp on Sports, Auditory Route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Harp on Sports Facebook page, Harp on Sports the YouTube channel, of course, HarpOnSports.com. Sort of with Todd Golden, Florida Gators. Gators have now put themselves in the top 25. They sit tied for third in the SEC in the loss column, right? You have Bama with two losses. You have Tennessee with three. Then Florida's tied there with a group of teams with, with, with four losses. You can make up wins. You can't get rid of losses. The loss column is the only thing I pay attention to. So they find themselves sit there with who? They, they're, they're there with Kentucky. They're there with South Carolina. They're there with Auburn. And a monstrous week for Florida. If you look at the SEC, the teams that control their own destiny, Alabama controls their own destiny then Tennessee, then Florida. Florida can't win the conference on their own. They need Tennessee to lose twice, which is probably not going to happen. 
But Florida right now is circling that double by one of those top four seeds in this sucker, which they haven't had in over a decade. Are they going to win this thing? No, they'd have to run the table and get some help to win the SEC, which means they'd have to sweep Alabama and beat South Carolina. Not going to happen. But this Wednesday's a litmus test. It's a big litmus test. And it's a big litmus test for this reason. Florida has beaten the team that's currently in third place in this conference, Auburn. They've ble- beaten the team that's currently, well, the, these teams are all tied with them in the loss count. They've beaten Kentucky, top five team in this conference. They've beaten Auburn, top five team in this conference. They play South Carolina coming up, top five team in this conference. And now they've got the best team in this conference. When it's all said and done with the win over Alabama this week, they will have beaten four of the top five teams in the conference. When's the last time you could sit there and say Florida beat four of the top five teams in the SEC? Over a decade. Over a decade. And then you start to stack the weight in South Carolina, what that win would mean. This team's got six games left. Three against the armpits of the conference in Missouri and Vandy. Two of the armpits. It's like a, it's a dog. Dog's got four pits, don't they? Two leg pits, however they, whatever they're called. But that's what they are. And then you've got three games against South Carolina, who was red hot until they laid a gigantic egg this last week. Two of them, and then, of course, two games with Bama. So two games with Bama, one with South Carolina. Going to be tough. They can find a way to steal one of those. Win the other three, they go four and two. That puts you at what? That puts you at twenty-two and. If you can go, that's asking a lot. But let's say you beat the three teams you're supposed to and find a way to win one against Alabama, South Carolina, and Alabama again. That gets you to what? 22-9 and going into SEC play? 4-2 and in the conference probably gets you to, well, it does. It gets you to 12-6. and You're probably going to get one of the top four seeds at 12-6. and You lose to Alabama this week. What does it mean? It means the a chance to win the SEC regular season has gone. You'll be down three with five to go. And Alabama's not losing three times in this conference. And Tennessee at that point will need to lose three times as well. You can't ask Alabama and Tennessee to lose three of their final five games. So that's kind of where this team is right now in terms of the overall arc. But to get in the top four, this is the golden hour. Todd Golden, the measuring stick. On top of what you're talking about in the conference race as well, in Alabama or a Florida win, Todd Golden then is in the driver's seat to be SEC Coach of the Year. With the win against Alabama, I know Lamont Paris has had a great year. They sit at 9-4 and four in the conference. Florida sits at eight and four, but with a win to get to nine and four in the conference and to beat Alabama at Alabama, to beat Kentucky at Kentucky, to beat Auburn at home. At that point, Todd Golden with win over Alabama will be in the driver's seat for SEC coach of the year. He still has a shot at it if they lose to Alabama because they still get Alabama at home. They still get South Carolina. There's still a path to get there, but you're going to need South Carolina to kind of fall apart a little bit, which they kind of started to do. At least they had a bad week. Florida's won seven of their last eight. There you go. So, I mean, Florida Gator fans should be ecstatic about the job that Todd Golden's done. And again, Alabama this week, and even if they can get Alabama at home, somehow they can beat Alabama, get South Carolina as well. They can beat Alabama and South Carolina. They will have beaten four of the top five teams in the conference. The only one that they will not have beaten would be Tennessee. And they could actually be one of the top five teams in the conference. Two of them on the road, potentially. They can get South Carolina or they can get, uh, (laughs) well, easier said than done at Alabama. So, again, beating teams at home is nice, but if they can go on the road and knock off an Alabama and what they did at Kentucky, that would be saying something. This is that marquee game that you circle on the calendar that nobody thought they had a shot to win all year, and it'll give them three top 12 wins, or three top 13 wins too, right? 
three top 13 wins. Now, they're not a lock to make the NCAA tournament because, look, they could lose to Vandy twice and they fall right back on the bubble. Of course that's possible. But a win, this is where we are with this team. Three weeks ago we were talking about, <laughs> two weeks ago we were talking about are they on the bubble. With win over Alabama, you're talking a team that's one game out of first place in the conference. Think about that. Two weeks ago we were talking bubble. With a win over Alabama, it's a team that's one game out of first place in the conference and gets Alabama to come to Gainesville. Now it's going to be tough. I, I don't see any way that they win in Tuscaloosa, but here's your measuring stick. Todd Golden's golden hour. However, something that Gator fans probably didn't even dawn on them at the beginning of the year that's a little bit of a cause of concern now, at least it would be for me, Todd Golden's a California guy. Coached in San Francisco for three years, went to St. Mary's. Played at St. Mary's for four years. Had some great classes with Gonzaga as a player. So he went to St. Mary's, coached for three years in San Francisco, and I know they're a couple hundred miles apart. I get it. Upstate as opposed to downstate. I get it. But USC is now second to last place in the Pac-12. USC is about ready to join the Big Ten. You got Bronny James. It's not a very good team. Andy Enfield's been there a decade. What's he done? One Sweet 16 appearance? Big Ten money. Could Todd Golden be lured to go back out west? Become the head coach at USC? You may say, Seth, come on. Okay. The other name that's floating because of his Ohio ties is Mick Cronin, coach at UCLA. Talk of Cronin going from UCLA to Ohio State. At that point, turning this Florida program around in two years, doing it by grabbing guys from the west to come to Gainesville. USC and UCLA both could be open by the end of the year. Todd Golden takes his Florida team to second place in the SEC, something like this, wins SEC Coach of the Year. California schools are going to come calling. Now you wouldn't leave Florida for Cal. I don't think you'd leave Florida for Stanford. You'd leave Florida for UCLA. You'd leave Florida for USC and Bronny James. They join the Big Ten. Something to think about. Here's where this success starts to kick in. If Todd Golden becomes SEC Coach of the Year, got news for you. Now I know he's from Phoenix and Arizona is a top five team. And they're not making any changes as head coach. They're, they could win the national championship. So that's not going to happen. Arizona State, he's not leaving. He is. He's not leaving Florida for Arizona State. No. Pay attention to both L.A. schools. I know St. Mary's is proximity, and, and you're talking about San Francisco, but it's a guy that coached in California, that took a team from California to the NCAA tournament, that played in California. Something to pay attention to. Uh, so there you go. Golden hour for Todd Golden. We'll see what happens with Alabama this week. This is amazing. A month ago, oh, he's not the right guy. Now you're talking about maybe being SEC coach of the year. It's amazing how quickly things change. But I'm telling you, he gets if he beats Alabama or finishes in the top four of this conference, has a Sweet 16 type of run, don't be surprised if USC or UCLA, if we see some movement there, they come knocking. All right, from that to this, staying in the SEC, Sark the Shark. It's all the details. Steve Sarkeesian's monster deal for Texas, paying him $10 million plus a year now. Um, not quite the deal that Kirby got with double-digit years, but Steve Sarkeesian, second-highest-paid coach in the conference. Well, unless you count Jimbo Fisher, but neither here nor there. But paying him $10 million plus a year. And you look around this conference, you know, Kirby is at the top of the paying scale and should be. Sarkeesian's second. And I'm sitting here thinking, well, shouldn't he be? He just took Texas to the college football playoff. He won in Tuscaloosa. I know we are a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately thing, but he 
completely turn Texas around in the matter of a couple of years. He's got the best quarterback in the conference, doesn't he? And Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning waiting in the wings. Arch Manning would start for 10 to 11 other teams in the conference right now, if not more. Seriously, what team wouldn't he start for right now? He may start for all of them, except Texas. So I got Texas and, and Georgia. Then, just because of the, I would have had a big three in this conference, but with Saban gone, I like Helen DeBoer, but I, come on. I, I've got Bama and LSU in that next tier. And then that next tier features Ole Miss, Tennessee, and Oklahoma. And then that next tier, I mean, you could put Missouri in there as well, I, I guess. In terms of coaches, I'm talking about just pure coaching right now, pure head coaches. Uh, what he's done at Georgia is remarkable, but t- Georgia can't compete with Texas, not money-wise. Texas is its own world, its own country. And this whole notion, and I get it, Texas complaining about the the horns down thing, and the SEC fans are going to mock the you-know-what out of them, just like they mock Roll Tide, just like they mock the Gator Chomp. Those things get mocked. And that's what, that's what conference, that's what teams do. And the fact that Texas can't handle the horns down thing is somewhat humorous, but that's more of the fans than it is the players. Isn't it? And let's not forget Texas went into Tuscaloosa and danced in their lawn to the tune of beating them by double digits this year. Now, look, it can work conversely, too. Sarkeesian in Texas goes 8-4 and four in the conference this year. The SEC can flex and say, what'd you do? And it's one thing when you play Alabama, then you get Kansas State and Iowa State, and then you got to take on Oklahoma, but then you follow Oklahoma up with Baylor. A little bit different, right? A little bit different. So I look at this, and I say to myself, but they paid him. You knew it was coming. And now that they are in this conference or getting ready to join this conference, you want to make sure everything's lined up. The payday gets bigger. You're going to be making more money. Texas is its own printing press, like I've said. Texas, University of Houston, Arkansas, that's oil money. You got three, you got four different types of money. You got oil money, um, Oregon, you got Nike money. You have tech money, California. And then you have big city money. That's what the Big Ten's able to pull in. But there's nothing like oil money. And that's what Texas has. So it's the best job in college football, isn't it, right now? Texas? Best job. Most money. And as long as the NIL is a blank check, Texas is a place to be. Now, who knows what rules and regulations will be passed in the next two or three years. Texas doesn't care. You finally got a guy. You got a guy that got you to the college football playoff. And I know, you know, we had a couple years ago where Texas went, what, 9-4, and four, 10 whatever they did, and they they went and they beat Georgia. Was that in the um, in Sugar Bowl, right? But that was 9-4 team. Come on. The team last year was good. Texas team was talented. There you go. So now that Sark is – been made the second highest paid player in the SEC. Georgia and Tennessee on their or Georgia and Texas on their own island in this conference. And look, Alabama DeBoer's a great coach. And, and Alabama, the fact that Alabama is sitting right there looking around the corner, saying, uh, hey, LSU right there as well. I mean, Brian Kelly. But it's Kirby and Sark's conference now. It is. Sark hasn't even coached a game. I wanted to wrap with this. Uh, Daytona 500 was Monday night. I know. 
Remember, such a, used to be such a big deal. Just 15 years ago, it was a big deal. And as a kid that grew up in Indy, an Indy fan, what? The name Rick Mears and the Andrettis and A.J. Foyt and those names mean? I mean, there was a time that I could tell you every guy that was on the pole for 20 straight years. I can still tell you the four four-time winners. Allenser Sr., Rick Mears, Elio Castroneves, A.J. Foyt. I can tell you the three-time winners. Dario Franchini, Bobby Unser. Yeah. If I went down the two-time winners, I, I bet I could. It'd take me a little longer. Just be able to rattle that stuff off. <sighs> Such a different world. Daytona used to be a gigantic 20 years ago. 20 years ago, you could make it a case it was one of the top five sporting events in America. Now is it even the top 20? No. Top 25? No. We used to be a monster. Everybody had a driver. Everybody. No more. The baton was never passed. You know, 70s, 80s, whether it was the Waltrips or the Wallaces or the Petties or Earnhardt Sr., no matter what it was. And then then Jeff Gordon came along and then it, it became more nationalized. It was It was regional. 80s, 90s, it became a national sport and blew up in the late 90s and early 2000s. All the races, the expansion and the Cup Series and and then what the Friday night, the Bush Series, Nextel Series, whatever it ended up being. The baton was then passed to this next generation. Dale Jr. took it. Actually, Jimmy Johnson took it. Tony Stewart. Those guys had it for a while and Dale Jr. was around. And all of a sudden you wake up one day, you're like, ah, uh, ah, uh, who know we left? Oh, the bush, the bushes. Yeah, right. And Carl Edwards had that little bit of swagger, and you thought you had a chance, but it just never happened. It just didn't. Shame. But, you know, I look around, and the Indy 500 is one of them, but the falling stars in sports, the sporting events, the, 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 here's the five biggest sporting events of my life that have fallen off the most. Um, I mentioned the two races, Daytona 500 and Indy 500, car racing in general. Uh, I picked one game. And that was Nebraska, Oklahoma. Nebraska, Oklahoma was in the 70s and 80s, maybe the biggest rivalry in college football. Not even in the top 20 now. Another one that was monstrous in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s was the Tour de France. Well, forget about that. Most watched sporting event in the world. Tour de France. When you had Greg LeMond. Big deal. Greg LeMond won a couple of these. American. And then, of course, Lance Armstrong. I remember I could Miguel Indurain, Bianca Reese. I can remember how big of a deal the Tour de France was. Yeah. Yeah. I can even t- Floyd Landis. Is he American? The one I think so. They got stripped from him. Uh, and then the one that to me has fallen off the most in sports in the last 30, 40 years is the Olympics. The minute the Soviet Union crumbled, that was the end of the Olympics in terms of a. Uh, you know, Apollo Anton Ono, and there have been some nice stories, and what Michael Phelps did was great, but what what the Olympics was compared to what it is, I mean, that was must-watch, sit in front of it every night TV. Eh, it's too bad. But in the last 30, 40 years, you know, Daytona 500 completely fall off the edge of the table. Indy 500 did it as well. Um, Danica Patrick brought it back for a little while, but even then... I, Tour de France, the Olympics, Daytona 500, Nebraska, Oklahoma. Just, and now the World Series has struggled a little bit. This year was the worst that it's been, and it's fallen a bit. But baseball's popularity has been pretty, was pretty good last year. 
You just didn't get two enough marquee names in the finals of this sucker. College football has grown exp- exponentially. The NFL has grown exponentially. Um, the one thing I've got on here as an asterisk next to it is boxing. Heavyweight champion in the world. Just 30 years ago when you had Holyfield and, and Tyson and Riddick Bowe and Lennox Lewis. I, I mean, that was 30 years ago. Last 20 years. You put boxing in this category as well. Fallen stars. Those are things that have fallen off the most. The Daytona 500 this year. I can't think of anything that's fallen off quicker than that. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports Twitter, at Harp on Sports Instagram, Harp on Sports Auditory Route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Harp on Sports Facebook page, Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel, and of course, HarpOnSports.com. Remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein, have fun with your friends.